the words rules and expectations are often used interchangeably. In my experience, though, while related, they do have different meanings. In today's podcast, we're going to look at what expectations are, why they're important to young people, and how to engage youth in helping to set them. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. We live with rules every day. There are traffic rules for driving, rules for attendance at school, rules that guard against theft, abuse, and more. Rules can be simplified into what we can and cannot do. Most often, though, rules often tend to come across as a list of what you cannot do. Rules focus on undesirable behaviors and consequences to those behaviors. In some ways, rules almost carry a negativity with them versus an opportunity to see possibility. Expectations, on the other hand, are really more about this desire of what we would like to see happen, how we'd like to see someone behave. But the shift is that it's phrased in a way that encourages a person. It can feel like a very subtle difference but I'd like you to think about expectations more in terms of an approach that creates opportunity for skill building, engagement, and relationship building. Expectations have a purpose as well, just like rules do. But expectations are also about creating a culture in an environment and are far more personal in nature as they engage a person in self-responsibility for their behaviors. And better yet, expectations can be more individualized to tap into an individual motivation, and they can engage a young person more fully. Expectations for me speak to the approach of how we operate, not just what we can say and do. For example, in my home, as a parent, we have set the expectation that our children are going to speak to each other respectfully. This expectation puts responsibility on them to think about how and what they say, rather than putting responsibility solely on my husband or myself to monitor how they speak. The expectation seeks to create a specific environment for our family. Another example, when I led a youth group at the church, the expectation was that what was shared in the group stayed in the group. This created a cultural norm for the group and allowed the young women to hold themselves and each other accountable, giving them more ownership for that group. It also created an environment where safety was a priority for everyone. Before we talk about why expectations are important, I do want to say that I believe that there's a place for both rules and expectations. Now, if you know me, you know that I am a huge rule follower. You know I like parameters. I like to know what the rules are, and I like to follow rules. That's who I am. That's how I'm wired. Rules create clear guidelines about what can and cannot be done, and we need that in order for our world to operate. Yet I believe we also need to establish expectations with youth that speak to who they are and who they want to become. And expectations allow us to create a more positive environment for young people that focuses on possibility, responsibility, and relationship building. 
Throughout their lives, young people will experience both individual and group expectations. There are certain things that we want youth to achieve individually, and they can establish expectations that connect to that. When I was working in Texas in juvenile corrections, I would spend 30 minutes each afternoon doing a phonics lesson with one young man in particular. The rest of the youth were in their rooms for quiet time, and I was able to work one-on-one to teach phonics. This young man's expectations were that he would put forth genuine effort to learn to read. If he kept working towards that, I would continue to meet with him. The ability to read was foundational to so many other areas of his life, and we had the shared expectation that he would work to build this skill. Now, he could have just desired to sit and nap in his room like his peers were, but the motivation to be able to read tied into his willingness to sit with me every day. This expectation was geared to his needs, to his situation. Youth also will experience shared expectations for a group or even in family environments. This same young man, he had group expectations about how rec time would look for the unit. There were specific goals for the young men as a whole that allowed the group of them to have fun, burn off energy, and continue to earn rec privileges. They had to work together to meet the expectations of respect, active participation, maintaining personal space and boundaries in order to continue to have rec time as a group. And again, throughout a young person's life, they're going to have to learn how to balance both individual and group expectations. If we have rules that help us to have a sense of what to do and not do, do young people really need expectations then? I firmly believe they do, because expectations do several things for young people. They provide clarity on behavior, while at the same time encouraging a young person to be accountable for their actions. They engage youth in being a part of the process versus just receiving a list of rules, a list of behaviors that they can do. It's not so much a top-down, but they actually get involved in the process. And because of this, they can connect to skill building in terms of problem-solving, communication, leadership, and even critical thinking. Something that both rules and expectations have in common is that they often tend to be set by adults. But when we're engaging young people from a positive youth development approach, we absolutely need to be having young people help us set expectations for themselves, for their families, and for whatever groups that they're a part of. Again, we are talking about the approach. We're talking about the intention behind that approach when we discuss expectations. If young people should be a part of the process, then how do we involve youth in setting expectations? I'm going to share five things to keep in mind as we engage young people. First, we have to actually engage young people. Sounds simple, right? Well, it's a little more complicated than just saying, hey, I want your input. As a caring adult, we have to create a genuine, authentic environment where youth feel that they can truly be involved. They have to know and trust that if they give input, It's going to be heard, valued, and genuinely considered. They have to see youth responses and suggestions become a part of the environment, become a part of the expectations. Now, this is not to say that every idea that a young person throws out makes sense or should be included, but each idea is going to truly be heard. And we need to engage young people in all the steps of the process, from brainstorming, establishing, adapting, and accountability for expectations. It's not just enough to ask them for their ideas. We have to have ongoing conversations with them. 
We have to create ways to record what youth are telling us and allow these things to guide our conversations as well as setting expectations for themselves. Second, we have to be specific and realistic in defining an expectation. The more specific and clear we can be, the better. For example, if an expectation in a classroom is that a student will be respectful, we have to be more specific because what I define as respect may differ from your definition or even the definition of a young person. Being respectful could become students will speak kindly to others, will be open-minded and listen to their peers and teacher, will be truthful, and will care for the space around them. Do you see the difference? When we're more specific and we can be detailed with what we're saying, the more clarity that we offer young people, the less gray area we create. And can you imagine how much easier it is for a young person to know what they're striving for if it's specific? When we're establishing expectations, we also need to allow young people to help us in defining the specific terms. We can ask them for examples of what makes sense to them. Otherwise, without engaging young people, I might end up setting expectations that they're not interested in meaning, that don't make sense at all to them, and doesn't engage them. We also have to be realistic in our expectations. An expectation has to be attainable, and youth have to believe that it's possible to meet that expectation. Let's say that I set an expectation that everyone in our group is always going to agree. I am setting each person up to fail because we know that's not possible. Yes, it might be easier if everyone can always agree, but it's not realistic. Youth have different life experiences, different thoughts, different opinions. They come from different home environments, and they believe different things. This is not a recipe for 100% agreement. Rather, it becomes an opportunity to learn to listen and seek to understand differences of opinions. Third, we must tie our expectations to goals and a purpose. If you've ever spent much time around a toddler, you've probably heard the question, why, over and over. Well, I find that even tweens and teens spend a lot of time asking why when they're asked to do something. Personally, I believe this is because they're processing what we've said and they're trying to tie it to something that's meaningful to them. And if we can help tie an expectation to a goal or to a purpose, the more likely we are to have young people become engaged and stay engaged. Another way to think about this is to ask youth what their desired outcome is. What will it look like if that expectation is in place? And what will it look like if that expectation is met? What will they see, hear? What will they feel? If an expectation is that all young people are going to bring their Bible to church with them, I need to help them know why that's important. If a group's goal is to become more comfortable reading the Bible and finding specific scripture, then actually having their Bibles is a part of that. But here's the thing. I have to be very clear and I have to talk about why I believe that's so. And I have to explain to them how that can help them meet an expectation. But that doesn't mean that they're going to totally agree with my why. In terms of engaging youth, we need to make sure that they're also helping us to answer the why as well. I don't want to be the only one who knows or decides what the why is. If youth are to be fully valued and their voice fully heard, they need to also work to identify their own goals and a purpose for expectations. This ties into their motivation. What if I'm the only one who comes up with a purpose for an expectation? What if it motivates me, but it doesn't motivate a young person? That's why youth need to be involved in all parts of the process. Fourth, we need to encourage accountability. As I said earlier, 
Expectations encourage a young person to take responsibility for their actions and their behaviors. And we want this. It's part of their development in terms of responsibility and autonomy. For them to grow and become who they are, who they're supposed to be, they have to begin to see themselves as responsible for their own choices, actions, ideas, thoughts, words, and so much more. They have to be willing to also take responsibility for these things. And as a caring adult, we want to encourage this. What do you think happens if there's no accountability for expectations? I'm guessing you are thinking that there's no reason to work to meet those expectations. And you're right. Without accountability, we lose motivation. And we cannot rely merely on the self-motivation of a young person. They're still figuring out what that looks like and what motivates them. We need a combination of personal accountability as well as relationship accountability for youth to help them seek to meet and exceed expectations. One of the things I love when I see young people embracing an expectation is I love to see them step in and lead. I love to see them call each other out to stay on task and meeting expectations. I love to see them take ownership and hold themselves accountable. As a caring adult, I have to make sure that I'm not jumping in too quickly to hold the young person accountable. I need to encourage them to grow this skill, and I need to give them the space to lead others and lead themselves in this way. Fifth, be willing to adapt expectations. Now, if we've gone through the trouble of establishing expectations and having young people buy into that, why would we ever want to change them? Well, young people are in development. They're in a state of change and growth. As a group connects and grows together, as a young person builds skills, we have to be willing to constantly assess and see if our expectations need to change. And you guessed it, young people need to be involved in this process too. Part of critical thinking is actually assessing situations. This is a great way for young people to practice the skill by assessing current expectations they have for themselves and they have in groups. At this point, you might be thinking, this is great. Or maybe you're thinking, that sounds like a lot of work. Or perhaps you're even thinking, can't you just give me a checklist of expectations? Here's the thing. Setting expectations with young people being fully involved in that process, it's challenging. But it needs to happen in order for young people to fully buy in, for them to grow and for them to develop skills. We want youth to be actively engaged in their own development, in their own life. That means we have to encourage them guide them, and even sometimes we have to give them a little push so that they can be actively engaged. That's one of the principles, one of the basic parts of youth development is that we want young people engaged in their own process. I've spent a lot of time talking about expectations, and I realize a lot of my examples were maybe more group settings than individual expectations. I do plan to circle back around sometime this season and talk more about individual expectations for young people, and I'm hoping to engage young people in that discussion. Throughout this episode, we've been really looking at what expectations are. We've talked about how expectations differ from rules and that they're really more about the approach and the engagement of young people in the process. And I shared some practical tips in terms of engaging youth in setting expectations. But have you ever found yourself in a situation where the expectations that you've set with young people are different than the expectations another caring adult has for them? What happens when our expectations for young people differ from those of another caring adult? Well, you'll have to join me next week to find out. 
Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.